Good afternoon. You're listening to Food for Thought on Siren 107.3 FM. I'm Charlotte Reed, and this is Siren's Food Show. Each week I take a look at the cafes and restaurants in and around Lincoln and find out about other foodie things happening in the county too. This week, Samantha Badu and I have been chatting to the chef Valentine Warner about his new series which highlights the food and the cooking culture of Scandinavia. It's somewhere very much dominated by the seasons. You know, in winter, everything is covered in snow and it's quite hard to get hold of things in certain places. And then in the summer, you know, there's an abundance of fabulous fruits with all-night sun on them. And there's a roundup of local food news for Lincoln and Lincolnshire. This is Siren FM. In a new series on the Good Food Channel on Sky, the adventurous cook Valentine Warner will show off his seasonal Scandinavian food. Um, Valentine, thank you so much for joining us here on Siren FM. It's a pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about your series? Because it sounds very intriguing. It, it is it, it is intriguing. I mean, I learnt an enormous amount on that trip. I'd always wanted to go there, really, to kind of... Get, get lost in the huge forests and go and fish in the cold waters. You know, I like moss and pine needles and fir cones and that kind of thing. And, um, so I wanted to go there. And then um, and then uh, UK TV said, look, you know, would you like to go there and kind of do a, a food tour? And I've, I was like, yes, because I think it's somewhere that it, it's been ignored. Um, I think, uh, you know, Grumpy Wallander turned up. Uh, then The Killing came onto our television. Noma broke onto the food scene. Um, you know, IKEA has infiltrated every house in the country. But we kind of, I think before that, we kind of, unless you were going skiing, you know, the Brits tend not to want to go anywhere colder than the place where they live already. So there was, and then suddenly you realised that there was all this culture and food and stuff coming out of the north and people were like, there is life up in those forests and in those frozen wastes. And... Um, so we went there and, you know, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. I've eaten some of the best food I've ever eaten. The produce they have there is incredible and it's a land of extremes. We did a shoot in the winter because so much of it seems to be about the snow and the cold. And then we went back this summer and shot, you know, under the perpetual rays of the midnight sun. So it, it, it's, it's a phenomenal, special, kind of, I'd say magical place, actually, really, really wonderful. And so what's the sort of ethos of cooking like in Scandinavia? I think the ethos is there's so many different things going on. I think you've got, you know, the the, the restauranty, you know, you've got the Favikin and the Nomas and all these kind of new chefs coming out. Um, then I think also like any country that has a huge expanses, you know, that's empty and has huge expanses of land with remote populations living it, it tends to hold on to its food culture. So, you know, where people are in living in very remote places, they tend to keep the recipes going that they've, you know, had forever. Um, it's somewhere very much dominated by the seasons. You know, in winter, everything is covered in snow and it's quite hard to get hold of things in certain places. And then in the summer, you know, there's an abundance of fabulous fruits with all night sun on them. You know, the South's got more than the north has um so it's you know that's another reason why we did both halves so um it was a mixture of kind of restaurants me cooking and then going to find people who were making you know kind of wine from you know birch sap wine or going to meet the cheese makers who make the brown brunost you know a maker of the brown brunost cheese in norway and copenhagen you know it's this cosmopolitan copenhagen's one of the greatest cities i've ever been to and that was you know about bread and coffee and so you know and i want just want to go back and do more i kind of i got there and i thought i'm from this place um i kind of felt very scandinavian i thought it may be one of those vikings done something with a relation of mine in a hedge because when I got there I felt I actually belong here.
You sound like you want to move over there. I kind of do. <laughs> you did mention the winter there and you mentioned coffee, which is going to bring me nicely into my next question, that you did some ice fishing. Mm. Now, Charlotte and I were talking um, before, you know, we're doing this now. And I said, what happens if you just drilled maybe a bit too keenly and the ice cracked? Were you never afraid that that was going to happen? No, not really. I mean, if you look, it was it was at its coldest time of the year. It was minus, um, you know, the coldest day we filmed was minus 45 um, and you're out on a, on a lake and if you, you have a thing like it looks like a giant bottle opener and it's like a huge corkscrew with very sharp blades on it and if you see how much drilling you have to do to get through to until you can see the water um, it's quite a long way and that's just not going to break and you know if you walk around worried about everything all the time I'd never have gone ice fishing in the first place. But you enjoyed it though and I, mean, I loved it. First, I always thought effort. ice fishing was a waste of time actually I've done 20 hours of it lying on my front drinking booze with a ridiculous little kind of gnomes fishing rod in my hand but um, so I kind of thought oh here we go again but we went and did it and just could not stop catching beautiful little orange bellied trout through the hole in the ice. And along with other sort of interesting ingredients, you went to a restaurant where they were using things like moss and blood. What was that like? Um, that's uh, it, it's it's kind of it was it was lovely. He's called Magnus Nilsson. In fact, he's coming over to England to the Abergavenny Food Festival this year, um, and he's very much got the attitude of kind of cook what's around you. I think all the people who live in those countries who live in you know. They, they all rush off to the countryside in the summer and enjoy the woods and pick the berries and stuff. And, and he's kind of, you know, trying to keep things alive that his grandmother were doing that the area was famous for. And they use, you know, a lot of that stuff. The, um, so he's kind of just taking it a little bit further and doing some pretty adventurous food. He made these little kind of um, pastry tarts, but made with pig's blood, um, of kind of dried pig's blood and with um, fish eggs inside. And it was just really delicious. I mean, it sounds really odd, but it was really, really good. Describe the flavour of it then. Well, if, you know, um, fish eggs, I think, you know, you might salty. know that from a jar of salmon eggs or something mm. um, salty, but then this kind of rich, almost kind of cocoa-y, um, you know, kind of um, blood blood tartlet, um, but, you know, baked till it goes, the blood baked till it goes really crispy. It was very fine, very fine indeed. I cooked a capercaillie there, which we have in Scotland. They're quite rare in this country. It's like an enormous grouse. Um, and I'd always wanted to eat one. And they're pretty, um, you know, they're, they're all over the place in the woods up there. So um, I got to cook a capercaillie, which was a very delicious bird indeed. That was me and Samantha Badu talking to the television chef, Valentine Warner. He does sound very much like he wants to move to Scandinavia, but I'm not sure about the pig blood tarts. Both Sam and I were grimacing when Valentine was describing the taste of those tarts. There'll be more from him later in the show. He'll be talking about his passion for seasonal food and also the music that he likes to cook along to. As well as talking to the people running Lincoln's cafes and restaurants, I like to keep you up to date with the latest local food news too. And there's more good news for Burton Road Chippy. One of their members of staff, Luke Gibson, has made it to the semi-finals of the Young Fish Fryer of the Year 2014 competition. This puts him in the top 10 young fish fryers in the country. The award is designed to showcase talented young fryers under the age of 25 in the UK. The next stage is a skills challenge and then the final five will have to go through a mystery shop round. The winner will be announced at the National Fish and Chip Awards in London in 2014. This news comes after the Burton Road Chippy found out they've made the semi-finals for the best independent fish and chip restaurant in 2014. 
The 7th to the 15th of September is British Cheese Week, so that's starting on Saturday. And there's plenty of Lincolnshire cheeses that you could try out as a way to celebrate. Find out more about our local cheeses by heading to the Siren website, sirenonline.co.uk, and clicking on Food for Thought. Because a few weeks ago, Samantha Padu spoke to Limebank Farm to find out more about their local artisan cheeses. And previously on the show, I've chatted to the Cheese Society, who are a cafe in Lincoln, and now they have a shop on Steep Hill as well. So you can listen to those interviews in full over on our website. Looking ahead to some events later this year, on September the 21st, there's the Gainsborough Food Festival taking place throughout the town. It'll include food stalls, an Italian market and cookery demonstrations. There'll also be a great Gainsborough Bake Off where members of the public are invited to enter their competition. The East Midlands Vegan Festival is taking place at the Drill Hall on the 12th of October, so this is looking a little bit further ahead now. It's an ethical festival with talks varying from animal rights to health and tasty vegan food is available too. And of course, at the end of October, it's the annual Lincolnshire Sausage Festival. On October the 26th, there'll be cookery demonstrations up at Lincoln Castle, as well as a variety of sausages to try out. And this is an amazing fact that I found out when I was researching this earlier today. At last year's festival, they sold more than 25,000 Lincolnshire sausages, which is an impressive amount of sausage, really, when you think about it. If you'd like to find out about any more of these events happening later in the year, then just head over to the Siren website and I'll pop them all up there as well. This is Siren FM. FM, FM. The TV chef Valentine Warner has recently travelled to Scandinavia to find out more about the food on offer there. In the first half of today's Food for Thought, Valentine explained that because of the extremes in weather, Scandinavian food kind of reflects the seasons more. That's something he's particularly passionate about as he starts explaining to Samantha. When Charlotte and I got the opportunity to do this, we both said you're very well known for your seasonal food um, and and how passionate you are about it um, and some of the slightly odder ingredients that we can use nowadays. But the one thing that, that I'm quite worried, I say I'm worried about, supermarkets all year stock fruit and vegetables and and meat and fish that actually we can't get all year round. Do you think we've forgotten that some stuff is only available at certain times of the I, year? I think we've totally forgotten it and I think that again that's because we're, we're we're you could never really argue, you know, especially when you've been somewhere like Scandinavia that you could never argue that we are a, a rural nation. Uh, we're a totally an urban nation. I think at the same time to balance it all, um you know, we we've always traded all over the world, but the minute you become an urban nation and then th- recipes aren't handed on. We we don't live in the countryside. Uh, you know, we we don't um, rear animals. We live in cities where we get people to make our food for us. So very quickly, um, things um, that we have a tradition of eating disappear because you're not inheriting the information. You're not collecting granny's recipes anymore. And as a result, lots of stuff kind of disappears. So on one hand, we have all this food, but at the same time, I don't think a lot of us know actually how to feed our ourselves so there's this kind of weird thing of millions of cookbooks and masses of food television and everybody's a foodie and that might mean that you eat in a lot of restaurants but if you go into a lot of houses now people simply aren't cooking and um and i think that's a shame and i think that you know um it's a life skill apart from anything 
And, you know, seasonality is a wonderful thing in a way. You know, it's kind of, winter is simply not a time to be chasing a rocket leaf around on a plate. <laughs> it's a time for cheese and cream and butter and, you know, delicious things like that, not necessarily lots of meat. Um, but, you know, and I think it's all topsy-turvy and weird. And you go to somewhere like Scandinavia and everyone eats normally. They're all really fit. Um, you know, really kind of svelte three countries of people. And um, they eat properly and they eat quite a lot. And, um, you know, I think there's something rather odd going on here, despite this apparent food revolution that we're having. Interesting you say about reviving Granny's recipes. It's what I'm going yeah. to be doing next on my it, blog. <laughs> it wasn't, my, sadly, my it wasn't my, my <laughs> term, but a friend of mine who's a great cook, Steve Pahl, he, um, he was asked to describe him, you know, how he'd describe his, his cooking, um, you know, his style. And he said... Um, international grandmother. So I'm going to, I've, I've stolen that off him and I'm going to say I'm an international grandmother in the kitchen as well. So do you think this kind of knowing about seasonality and something that seems to be quite inherent in, in Scandinavian stuff is something that really we should be learning over here in the UK? I think should is a dodgy word. I think, you know, there's a lot of finger wagging going on. Everybody's on a crusade. Everybody's saying, you know, you're doing this wrong and you shouldn't be doing that. And so I think, but I think, you know, I think we should all know how to cook. Um, I think if you took a lot of people off the UK and put them on a little island covered in food and told them to go and pick it and cook it, they'd probably still starve to death. Um, and that I find very bizarre. If my daughter or son ever say to me, you know, I'm a grown up, if they can't cook themselves an omelette, well, frankly, they're not grown up. So, um, but I don't, I think should is often a problem. You've got all these chefs telling everybody what they should be doing. But all I want to do is kind of, you know, excite people about food. But you go to Scandinavia and everyone just eats properly. And, you know, and they, I think also, you know, it's that rural urban thing again. There's a kind of, take a country like Sweden. It's got 8 million people living in it, which is, you know, slightly more than just the population of London. They've got all this space and everyone goes scampering off in the summer to their little wooden huts and picking berries and leaping naked into the water and running around and, you know, kind of really enjoying the woods and the scenery and the fish that, you know, they're surrounded by. And, and there's a lot to be said for that. They're happy people and they eat properly. And... Speaking of being happy and when you're cooking food, there is a section on your website where you like to sort of provide playlists that you kind of like cooking along to and yeah. you share it with other people. Is that sort of something that helps you out with cooking? Food, food and music, you know, so, you know, food and music have always gone together. Um, there's, I, I don't know if you, I can't remember what it was called, but they had Bob Dylan um, to, who kind of hijacked a radio station for um, a, a few weeks and he did these themed evenings and he did one of them which was just about um, uh, uh, songs which involved food and that's by the by. But the point is that food and music go together. I love, you know, I've always got music playing in the kitchen. Sometimes if I'm concentrating and things are going a bit wrong, I might turn it off. But, you know, it's that thing of people being together, music and food and, you know, it's always shared and, you know, and they, they, they go together, you know, whether you're on a tiny Greek island or whether you're, you know, at a party at your, you know, friend's house in London, you know, music and food kind of have held hands for thousands of years and they should be served up together as far as I'm concerned. And what's your favourite song? To I think my favourite song is at the moment, I can't stop playing it. Um, it's been my favourite song for ages, but I think uh, The Ghetto by Donny Hathaway is just a cracking good song.
We'll, we'll dig it out of our library. Good <laughs> Valentine, thank you so much for talking to us here at Siren FM. Just to remind everybody when we can watch your programme. Um, the programme starts on September the 16th, um, Monday to th- Friday at 8 o'clock for two weeks on UK TV Good Food Channel. That was Valentine Warnett speaking to me and Samantha Perdue early this week. He was lovely to chat to and... It's not a local thing. It's one of our little special uh, celebrity interviews that we get every now and again. And sometimes when you're speaking to people that are on the telly, you're not entirely sure how it's going to go. But he started our interview off with a with a quite funny little rubbish joke. Um, so I'll pop that up on the Siren website as well if you fancy finding out what his uh, little joke was, as well as the full interview that you can listen to again. Siren 107.3 FM And that's all for this week. If you have any restaurant recommendations or just want to get in touch, then head to sirenonline.co.uk and click on Food for Thought. And there you'll find out how to get in touch with me. You can also tweet the station using at sirenfm and I'll pick them up as well. You can also find previous episodes of Food for Thought to listen to online as well.